Hi, my name is Lydia. And I'm Emma. And we're the hosts of Holy Ship. We are passionate about creating a space for women to talk about sexuality, their bodies, and all things relationships. We think that for so long, Christian spheres have often failed to address these topics with women in a healthy, shame-free, and open way. So welcome to Holy Ship, where we address all the taboo topics in a way that is honoring to you, your relationships, and God. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Holy Ship podcast. We are so excited to have you on today's episode. Today, we are talking to Hannah Tarbuck. Hannah is married to Ben, her husband, and they have two children, Eden and Nehemiah. They live in the UK, and Hannah is so passionate about asking the gritty questions and creating spaces for open conversation around sex. Um, She actually started the Instagram, the missionary position, which is so fun, and it has it's basically just like sex ed for Christians on there. And like, she has all these fun facts that she shares and yeah, it's just so fun. So you guys will have to check that out. Um, yeah, I first heard about Hannah through an article at iridescent where I used to intern and it was around the same time that I was starting to explore like what it meant to be um, a Christian and like what sex, how sexuality fit into that. So it was just like kind of a crucial part of, um, my like getting here. So I'm so excited that she decided to join us. So welcome, Hannah. Hi, thanks for having me. We're so honored that you're joining us. Yeah, I think we can just dive right in. And I was wondering, can you tell us a little bit about what your experience was with sex growing up? Like, what were you taught about it? Um, just kind of your thoughts on it. Yeah. Okay. So I am um, from parents, they're pastors of the church. They still are now, but they, I've grown up as pastor's kid. So Same always in, in church. Same, good. Um, you know, it's great. It's got its negatives, just like everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so my experience has always been in the church. Um, and that's kind of where my sex education came from, I would say. I, I definitely remember... Um, having a conversation with my parents my mum actually specifically maybe just as I was transitioning to high school so like maybe age 10 or 11 kind of like do you know what sex is and um, it was just like a one-time thing and she she did her best to be honest I think that that's probably the education of people my age I think parents at that time that's the education you kind of got it wasn't it's kind of embarrassing to talk about and it's not something and then yeah I would say the majority of my actual sex education came from within the church so youth leaders and like asking questions of like youth leaders that have got married it was like quiz time like get them alone ask them like what does this even mean how do you do this like really specific questions Mm -hmm. and that was how I kind of educated myself on the physical side of sex but in terms of like where it belongs it was like fully in marriage and pretty much like outside of marriage sex is wrong inside marriage go for it like have the time of your life it's gonna be amazing but only when you're married and before that point you shouldn't really have any kind of interest in it so I don't think that's probably the education that everybody tried to give me, but that's what collectively I gathered from the church. Yeah, like it's wrong, but if you're married, then it's going to be great. And that was, yeah, that was it really. Yeah. And 
I'm curious, did you date people before you met, like, the man you married? Or, like, what was that process like? No, I actually didn't. So I told myself, I mean, these kind of, I can't believe I even made this little pact with myself, but I did. I told myself I wasn't going to have a boyfriend until I was 16. And it was this thing in my head of, like, when you're 16, like, you can finally date. And I had, like, I had a, a... a boyfriend I guess in high school I kissed someone just so that I'd kissed someone because you know <laughs> everybody else had and I was like I'm gonna get this out of the way so that was not a great experience um but then I met Ben who's my husband now um when I was 15 and like early 15 and we started chatting and he's was a bit older like 17 or 18 at the time <laughs> but you know we'll rush over that we'll rush over that one um and then yeah just before my uh 16th birthday we started dating so he's been my only real boyfriend to be honest yeah oh, that's so I definitely sweet. fancied people and you know I'd go to youth camps I mean I about you like if, especially you Emma like if you've been in church forever youth camps was the place where you go spying out boys from other churches maybe still now but just not youth camps <laughs> like so bachelors 12 and I haven't found the love of my life yet I'm gonna be single forever (laughs) that was pretty much in my mind I really wanted to get married and I did want to get married young to be honest that what that's what was always in my mind but yeah it's only been then yeah I have a question to follow up on that did your desire to like get married um affect the way you viewed sex or like the inverse like um, the way you viewed sex is what determined uh, the reason why you wanted to get married? No, I wouldn't say it really had much bearing on it, but I knew like when you get married, you get to have sex. Right. I guess my education was kind of like, you're not going to have sex until you're married. Mm-hmm. And this big ethereal thing that was sex, I had no idea, like, what does this even mean? This secret thing that's only for within marriage and um so I guess yeah in a way I want I think I wanted children young as well I just yeah it was never in my mind to like go travel and explore the world for me it was always like I wanted to my dream was literally to like get married and have kids now like I got older I was like I feel like there's more to life yeah (laughs) I'm glad that that happened um but yeah that was so I guess it probably informed it in a way like, but I mean, we dated for four years before we got married because I was so, we were so young. So. Mm. Ah, that's so sweet. It is I also, so sweet. yeah, I also love that you're a pastor's kids. Cause like I was saying like her and I are both pastor's kids. So yeah, I feel like we have like, yeah. Lydia, similar do you experiences. relate to the um, youth camp thing? Yes. We would do like a winter camp and that was like, that was where it at was at and like there would always be the cute guy from the other church yeah yeah and like all of us girls would like go back to the cabin at night and be like oh my words do you see like him from like, <laughs> the other church i thought if i didn't meet someone at like church camp it, that was it like i yeah. had to end up with someone from church camp i mean did anybody actually go to youth retreats and youth camps for god oh my god <laughs> to see don't expose us don't expose the whole christian community there it's the truth let's just be honest we (laughs) my sister actually talked about um that they should invent something where like people wear a ring to say but it's like a single ring like i'm single yeah a purity ring (laughs) yeah yeah. no not a purity ring okay okay a single ring 
a single ring so that when we go to like events especially when people are older you have no idea who's married I yeah a ring ever not that anyone's trying to hit on me no one's trying to hit me but in terms of boys like we've got so many gorgeous single women at our church and they're like we don't know who's single we don't know which men are available so you know it could be a, a franchise yeah I would agree with that. I think that would be like really helpful. Stamping their foreheads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I guess I'm curious. Um, you know, once you got married, was sex everything that you thought it was going to be? Did like it play out as you like, or as it was like taught, you know, that you could just like have sex all the time? Like, you know, or was it like more complex than that? Like, what was your Yeah, no, it like? couldn't have been, it couldn't have been further. <laughs> It couldn't have been further than what I thought it was going to be. We date, so we dated for four years and it was a difficult four years. I mean, great, but not only like were we in love, we were also teenagers. So we wanted to have sex and mm-hmm. it was never, in my mind, it was never something that was going to happen. It wasn't even a consideration to me. It was like, no way sex will not happen outside of marriage like I was so set on it and I think it was more out of like uh I'm really down with rules I try not to be down with rules but I need them Mm -hmm. and for me like that was a clear rule and I don't think I really understood why but I was like this is a clear rule and I'm going to stick to it and so um yeah we waited Ben had had relationships before Ben had had sex before so it was really difficult for us both but especially him he was like come on so wedding night we couldn't wait like and, and we'd struggled to to not have sex like it wasn't easy and so we thought finally like this is it and this was just not it at all um I was just full of anxiety on our wedding night which I think is probably like normal for some people to feel nervous or to feel anxious but it was like overwhelming um and we didn't end up doing it on the wedding night which was fine we thought oh we'll just we'll just try again you know we've got our whole lives and the trying again literally kept happening and it wasn't working I was like feeling it was really painful for me and I was also just terrified (laughs) I was completely terrified um and yeah it was like days turned to weeks went on our honeymoon still like we do bits you know we would do the easy stuff but in terms of like penetrative sex it just wasn't happening Hmm. you know Ben was super disappointed I was super disappointed like we have tried to honor God how we felt we should for all this time like why is this not just like coming together and just happening and it was literally um weeks turned to months months turned to years I think we managed to have sex like once maybe twice in the first 18 months Hmm. it's just so it was it was heartbreaking to be honest because it's like obviously there's more to marriage than sex there is I would never advise someone to get married just because they want to have sex (laughs) there's more but it's such an important thing and it's such a like it, it's pretty much like a, you expect it, right? It's that's just part of it, and it just wasn't for us. Um, so no, it wasn't what we I expected it to be. Yeah, thank you for being so honest and sharing that with us. That means a ton. Um, yeah, I think. Did you regret waiting for marriage, like after that, and like after experiencing that? I, 
I did actually think about this, that maybe if at one time, like we just got away with ourselves and it just happened, you know, before we'd got married, maybe like I wouldn't have had all these complex thoughts about it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it just happened to the moment. Actually, no, no regrets at all. Because honestly, I think that outside of a marriage, the, the issues that I brought into the marriage around my misconception of sex and my misunderstanding of, of it would not have been able to have been supported outside of my marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, that we were committed to each other. The fact that Ben had committed to me um, meant that we weren't just going, we weren't, it wasn't just going to end because this, this part wasn't working. And to be honest, was like a great example about what marriage is, even from the start. Like we've made this covenant together and it's, we're not just about to run the minute something goes wrong. And it's, it was the thing that we didn't um, expect to go wrong, but mm-hmm. that happened. Um, so no, I don't, I actually don't regret it at all. I think you know, it, it was a, it was a good environment for that, for the worst thing to happen. In. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I also love that you said covenant. We were like talked about on a couple episodes before this. Um, right just like what the meaning of marriage is and what are the three C's that you said, Emma? Mm-hmm. Uh, commitment, covenant, and consummation. Yeah, and like just like talking about like how marriage like so accurately reflects like Jesus in the church and like mm-hmm. just how beautiful it is and like, oh, I just love the word covenant. <laughs> yeah, something that you said that just like really resonated with me is that, um, you know, the things and the anxiety and the trouble that was brought into the situation couldn't be supported outside of marriage. And um, I think, you know, there's a lot more to sex than just like the physical aspect. Like there's everything that goes on in your mind and like in your emotions. Um, And I just like, that resonates me with a lot because I feel like I relate to your your story um, just listening to you speak. So I guess our next question um, would be, how did you move past that point within your marriage? Um, how did you get it to start all happening? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it was a long, I feel like, the, I love, I do actually feel, I, I didn't tell this story for so long. So when this was all happening, nobody knew. So my mum knew and my and that was it we didn't tell anybody Ben didn't speak to anybody about this and um you know I mean I don't know what it's like for you guys but in church when someone gets married like jokes about sex like oh like finally you got it and we would just be like yeah 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 and inside like this is so bad like but we faked it all like yeah everything's fine and you know I don't actually don't regret doing that because it kind of kept it private and obviously like were helping me but um sorry just repeat the question I've lost where I'm at now yeah how did you move past um the point of just feeling like anxious about it yeah so yeah like I said it was um lots of years of us talking and you know then I, I mean I feel like I was really lucky to have have him because he was really understanding as much as it was difficult for him and me is I mean it's pretty disappointing to wait and then for, for it not to be part of your mm-hmm. marriage 
we talked about not having children um maybe like having a marriage without sex we discussed that um because it was a real it was like years this wasn't just like a few days of like oh no we're not gonna do it like this was we've committed to this with each other we know this is right this marriage um we've got to get past this so honestly we did I had counseling um well we, we started going together me and Ben but really it was it was my kind of issues that I had to work through so I was going to counseling for a little bit that was helpful um but more just like to help me with the rest of my life <laughs> not really the sex part just like because I've never seen a counselor before so I was like my whole life was spilling yeah. out not that part <laughs> I could have done with it before that um so I had counseling that helped you know I'd been to the doctors uh, as well to check if there was actually a medical problem wrong with me because I didn't know like it was super painful I was having panic attacks anytime we tried to do it so I was like surely there's got to be something wrong there was nothing wrong mm. which, which was quite I actually almost wanted there to be something wrong because I there was no other explanation for this um yeah and then honestly we had like a breakthrough moment literally but also we were been praying 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 and we would always pray about it and we we gave like first fruit offerings at the beginning of the year and each year we would part of our giving financially we would say like god as part of this year we need this to we need to move past this anyway for like four years it didn't happen and then um i can only describe it as like it was like a miracle in my mind it wasn't a special day well, it was New Year's Eve, actually, but <laughs> it, it was literally like my, something pinged and I was still felt anxious. I still felt like un, um, nervous and uncomfortable and all the things I'd felt, but to a much lesser degree so that we could actually um, manage to do it and manage to start. And really, that's when our journey started, maybe like three or four years into marriage. Um, but yeah, that's... There's no, that's the only way that it actually started. I, I, I honestly believe it was a miracle from God and that we'd faithfully continued on. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd, we hadn't just given up and we definitely could have. And there was times when I would literally say to Ben, I know this isn't what you signed up for. I know this isn't what we came to this marriage for. So I understand if you want to leave it. And they, it was we were having serious conversations like that because it was... It wasn't everything, but it was pretty. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, that's like, that's so incredible. And I'm so like, it's so great to hear, like, just that like transformation you had and like how God worked through that. And yeah. Yeah. New Year's Eve, so baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, how did you like get you know from like having to sex to starting the missionary position yeah okay um, so it was a few only a few years after all this mm-hmm. and we were like kind of happy in our sexual relationship and probably maybe even after maybe after I'd had Eden uh, my daughter my eldest I think that I probably Beautiful felt night, by the way thank you I think I felt like okay I can speak this is I can speak about this now and so I opened up to a few people about like this is our journey and people were so shocked because it literally we hadn't told anyone it was such a big secret and so as I like spoke to people they 
would start asking me questions or would be like, they would open up back like, I can't believe that because X, Y, Z or I've experienced this and I felt alone. And so like my testimony, our testimony was making room for people to be able to um, experience freedom in their own lives. And so I thought, you know, let's just all or nothing with this. Like, let's just expose myself fully. <laughs> let's just get out there and say, you know, like, this is what happened for us. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it was a big deal. And these are some of the reasons why I think, and I think a lot of it was down to um, a lack of sex education as a, as a Christian growing up. And not that I don't think it was in a malicious way, but I think it was from a place of fear instead of a place of faith. And so often as Christians, like we fear all the things that could go wrong or if people know about pleasure, they're just going to go and do it. Like, mm-hmm. and we're fearful, so we don't want to talk about it. That's such a great point. I feel like if we speak from a place of faith, like this is God created this. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know he wants you to experience this but these are these are the ways he wants you to experience it and and we speak from that place then we are not um so basically that's why that's why I started missionary session and I try I do try to be as provocative as possible (laughs) I do actually rein myself in like I've I've learned about something so I'm studying sexology as well so that's something that I picked up as well so I started speaking to people about it and I thought I'm advising however I would like some um, education to be okay advising. Yeah. Last me questions I didn't want to be completely just guessing and googling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I google but <laughs> most of the time I've learned now. So yeah I just want to speak about things that people have questions about so that we we carry less shame especially as mm-hmm. women it's just like boys are the only ones that have any issues with sex and so if you're a female and you have questions or you have addictions you're addicted to masturbation or your porn or anything because we literally shut women off the, out of the conversation as christians that just covers us in shame because yeah. no one else, of course no other women are in the same position as us no other women are thinking the things we're thinking like we must be so bad for doing it so yeah, I just try and open the door a little bit to be like, this is okay. We, we can talk about this. Um, so that's why I did missionary position. Yeah. So I have a question to follow up on that. Since, you know, we're supposed to be, or we should be talking about this out of a place of faith. Um, you know, I, I really relate to this because my, my experience growing up would be like the less it was talked about like it wasn't ever shamed it just wasn't really really talked about and um like I don't really blame anybody for that and I of course could have come to my parents or my church and like ask questions but it's sort of like just an embarrassing or like uncomfortable topic when you don't know much about it so since you're going through this whole like process of learning how to talk about it what age do you think that this sort of like education starts slash whose responsibility do you think it is and like how is that done how is this talked about um through faith instead of fear yeah um 
I feel like I do feel like the church has a responsibility in it I think that if people are in the church children teenagers adults if we're in the church we should be talking about issues that the church are experiencing and I, I get that that's really difficult because you know there's so many we don't want to offend we don't want to upset or we don't want to open conversations that we don't really know how to carry like it is difficult as the church to talk about things and the society talk about all the time um so I mean for me I already I'm trying to do it with my kids so don't worry like I'm not trying to step over the line but for example even things like Eden um it was probably about a year and a half ago two years ago so she would have been like four or five I think someone pregnant and she was asking about like how how are they pregnant yeah even someone who like wants to talk about sex openly and I felt like oh like this is I can't tell her right and I felt like this is embarrassing and I thought to myself no like what I'm trying to say is the shame that we carry around sex is usually because we've been taught from a place of fear like mm-hmm. it, so Basically, we I explained to her about how a baby's made, but without going into too much detail. So I didn't say a stalk drops a baby off or <laughs> when your belly button with a key and put a baby in. You know, the kind <laughs> we tell children. But I used like the real words for our body parts. And you know, the, the man has a sperm, the mummy has an egg, and they join together and that makes a baby. So I didn't say how it joins together mm-hmm. because age appropriately to her mm-hmm. but the next conversation comes around I will I will assess how appropriate it is and um, yeah so I think definitely as a parent especially if you have been raised and you wish that you knew you'd been better educated you have to really you do really struggle with the embarrassment and the shame mm-hmm. about talking about it um but I don't want to speak in a way that makes her feel like she has to be ashamed to speak to anything. So I just try and answer honestly, but age appropriately. So I think any age that those questions start, we should answer. Um, I think we should be talking in church about like in youth group, not just taking the boys away for a chat about porn um, and masturbation, but we should let the girls have that conversation as well. but here when I was growing up it's like we all like when we're away at camp I don't know why everything happens at camp it's like it's the only place (laughs) you know like yeah so the the boys go away for a chat and the girls like have a prayer session instead which you know is fine but again we're excluding people Mm -hmm. out Mm -hmm. that is there is taking them away from things that are really affecting their life and again just adding shame and so, yeah, I, overall, I feel like the conversation should happen throughout. I also don't feel like it should stop once people are married. We just assume that people have great sex lives and that they actually want to have sex with each other, all that. Things are running. It should, your sexuality spans across your lifetime. And whether you're married or single, you also experience sexuality. You are in a stage of sexuality in your lifetime and yeah, that's what I feel passionate about. And I'm still trying to like, I still feel like I'm formulating even some of my own thoughts on it. But yeah, when we exclude 
like an age group out or a relationship status, single, divorced, widowed, when we don't speak with those people about sexuality as well, we're, we're, we're kind of like saying that doesn't exist for you. We know it only exists when you're married and before that mm-hmm. you shouldn't do so forever, I think. Child to death. Amazing. Yeah. Great answer. Love it. That is so good. Oh. Um, Lydia, do you want me to ask the next question or do you want to ask? I it? do because you're so passionate about this. Okay. <laughs> it kind of takes it a little bit off topic, but so since your account is called the missionary position, also it's very aesthetically pleasing. I just love it. Oh, um, you do an excellent job. Um, what is your viewpoint on positions? of various types because there are some denominations and some churches that are um just solely pro missionary position um for like a lot of different reasons and I I could go into that but um what is your viewpoint there do you mean like physically getting into the missionary position yeah yeah (laughs) all the things okay all right positions I think ultimately I think God created sex for marriage. I think he included pleasure in that when he created sex, he created pleasure as part of the functioning of it. You know, we have like no reason for clitoris other than pleasure. That's the only, that's the only purpose of it. God included that in our anatomy as part of it. So I'm sorry, but if you're having sex missionary position, it's not great. Change position. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think... Or I think, okay, so I guess to kind of round it off, I would say, I think that if it is respectful to both partners and they're both in agreement um, and it's covenantal with God, yeah, yeah, the two of them, I think, have fun. Amazing. Yeah. I that answer too. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Now to you, Lydia. <laughs> yeah. Um... I think this like goes back a little bit to what you're saying when you started opening up to people about your journey with sex and they like were like finally felt free to talk about it themselves. Do you have any advice for I'll say like women contemplating having sex before marriage and then like on the flip side, married women who do struggle to have sex or like experiencing like, yeah, weeks, years without it and like how, yeah, I guess just your advice. Yeah, okay, so for married women, firstly, don't don't just sit there in silent suffering, which I understand it's easy to. I, I would even go as far to say, like, if you are, are having sex, but it's you're literally grinning and bearing it, like it's not pleasurable or it's actually not comfortable, especially if you're in pain or, again, like, you know, I'm a big pro-women, um, which you guys are, of course. But, you know, we, we can't neglect them in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, like, find somebody that you trust and speak to them about it. I don't think it's disrespectful of your partner to seek help. And I think that couples as well, we should encourage people in the church to seek help. I feel like in America, it's a little bit more accepted to go for counselling. or But in, in England still, and especially in Christian communities, is still a little bit like frowned upon like people don't do very openly Mm. and especially like to go to like marriage counseling would probably be a big deal for people 
Um, but I think it's important to open up, speak to people about it, because, you know, in marriage, God wants us to have fullness in all areas of our lives, financially, socially, relationally, and physically he does. So we need to not neglect one part for shame or embarrassment or whatever reason. And then on um, women thinking about having sex outside of marriage, I guess my question would be like, what do you think for them to think about what is sex to them? Because if it's literally just physical, then I 100% understand why you just think, yeah, let's just go with sex because we all have, well, most people have the urge, Mm -hmm. especially if you're in a relationship, you want deeper intimacy, you want to experience what other people are experiencing. I absolutely understand why you would want to do that but for me sex is mind body spirit mm-hmm. and so we're not just getting off <laughs> is that yeah. a word yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay like you're not just getting off it's not just like we'll just get this out of the way there's much more to it and so my encouragement would be to think think about what is what is sex for you and and how What's the what's maybe the impact that might you might have um, in a in a, a short term decision? What's maybe the long term like? You know, just to think about it in perspective, and also something that's not that sexy but is life is when we are Christ followers. There's an element of obedience in that relationship, and it's not like it's not always fun. It's not easy either to be obedient, but I think that you know, we don't talk about it that much because like, yeah, it's not a sexy thing to discuss, but yeah, no, God wants the best for us. And I I do completely understand the the want, especially like whether you're in a relationship or whether you're single, the, the want for deeper connection with people is real. And Mm -hmm. sometimes kind of sold that the only way to get that is to have sex but I would say from someone who was married and not having sex, even though I was married, the intimacy and the level of connection that me and Ben had, despite not having sex, was a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And that's because for us, like, it was um, ma- uh, mind and spirit as well as body. And when God joins two people together, it's not just to have, like, to get off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a wholeness. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> Honestly, Lydia, am I crying? <laughs> that was so well said. <laughs> yeah, it, you are so articulate, and like I feel like you just pour out wisdom. So, it's great. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I have any more questions for you. I guess is there anything more you want to like share or talk about? Um. It's like what I feel God spoke to me about earlier this year was literally that of us speaking out of faith and not fear around mm. sex. And for me, that's like really important, definitely important for children. But in all areas, I think once we realize that we, I feel like we've let the world take sex, God created it. We be, that's what I believe, that's what you guys believe, God created mm. So for us to just be so fearful of it, um, just like 
will perpetuate PR in others and um, gives and, and kind of what I feel I experienced was sex education from a place of fear and if like we can start to use the spheres we've got I understand like people aren't gonna go on to social media or you know broadcast the the sex lives I understand that that's not what everybody should yeah. be doing that but I think that in the conversations that we have if we you know if sex comes up or singleness comes up if you know teenage you're speaking to teenagers and that kind of conversation comes up to not think oh like this is so embarrassing this is the we shouldn't be having this conversation but to think okay god can you help this is what I when I speak to people I think I don't want to say the wrong thing I'm so nervous about doing and saying the wrong thing mm-hmm. so say like god help me to be able to help this person but from a place of faith and you know I think that when we speak about sex from a place of faith god honors that and you know we can't I can't speak to my children about sex thinking when I tell you this you're going to go and do it which is what I feel like maybe mm-hmm. my was growing up like if you know too much you're going to go and do it but when we teach about faith from God's perspective, from a place of faith, and we're really giving it in its fullness, not in its, <gasps> whatever you do, don't, don't go have sex, like, <laughs> without any real reason, because the place of fear is what put me in a place of fear, even when I was married, like, this wasn't okay yesterday, and now it's okay, I wasn't married yesterday, I'm married today, what difference is there for me right now? And it didn't seem like there was, and that's what gave me so much anxiety and so much, my mind was just so confused. Like I've told myself, no, 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 rules, 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 like fear, fear, fear around sex. And the switch didn't just happen when we said I do. If we set people up better, I think that we should in whatever, in whatever sphere we have, not even just in sex. When we speak about things that are going on in the world from God's perspective and from a place of faith, then hopefully that's what we'll instill in people um, for their perspectives as well. Yeah. I love how you said we let the world take sex. And I think like we have, and like, I think you see that in society and how it's sex is portrayed now, um, especially like in the media. And like, I mean, even in New York, I feel like you just see things on the street and you're like, it like forms like the way you think about it but well okay not like sorry you don't see like sex on the street i didn't like mean that but i mean like just like ads like different things pretty close to it on the streets in new york (laughs) new york is a crazy place (laughs) um no but like i think as christians and as like a church it is our duty to kind of take back the narrative on sex and yeah like do so in a god-honoring way but yeah Yeah. i just like love that you said that i also agree with like preserving innocence like up in you know at its appropriate stages I think that's really important Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but you know there's also like the world has taken sex so there's there needs to be like a balance because it's either you know like you know a certain podcast that's like all about it um you know podcast I'm talking about but I'm not gonna say it you know copyright issues or they might come after us do you know what I'm talking about Lydia I actually have no idea Okay, like the Caller Daddy podcast. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Like there's, there's that extreme and then there's like not talking about it at all. And there doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be very much of like the healthy medium. So it's yeah. like, why does the world get to talk about sex as in all of its ways mm-hmm. from a secular uh, perspective, um, but Christians feel like they can't? Because maybe if they do, they might sound a little bit too much like the world. And I think mm-hmm. that's far from the truth um, if we come from a place of faith, like you said. And I think that's really great. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Hannah, for joining us on the podcast today. It was such an honor to hear from you. Um, yeah, we're so excited for you guys to like, have listened to this episode and continue along in our sex series. Make sure you follow Hannah at the missionary position at um, the underscore missionary underscore position on Instagram just to keep up to date with what she's posting. It's such a great site and has so many great um, like facts and resources that she puts on there. So would definitely recommend checking that out. And as always, if you want to stay up to date on all of our podcast information, you can follow us at Instagram at theholyship.podcast. And if you have any questions or concerns, you can either DM us or email us at theholyship.podcast at gmail.com. So thank you so much for listening and we hope you have a great week.